you are joined by your co-hosts on The Breakfast Show, Lawson and... Why would you do that? You're looking at me, you know that I have a mouthful of food. <laughs> that, <laughs> and silly throws to me. <laughs> exactly. You know, we're just, I'm just keeping you on your toes. Well. I'm just like strengthening you. Sorry, my dog. My dog saw something. We, we, have a, we have a dog in the studio right now. Its name is Scoops. It's really cute. Uh, it just... It's, it's cute and useless. Yeah. Go outside. Go with, go with your mama. Good boy. Sorry. <laughs> we have never, ever on radio, uh, had a dog bark in the studio as a cause of interruption. You know, we've had people mowing outside. You know, we've had heavy rain. Uh, we've had, you know, someone bang system on the glass crash. before. System crash. But never, ever, ever has a dog yeah. barked in the studio. He's he's actually a really good guard dog, but he's like he's misdirecting his his anger to all men. That's that's yeah, and, actually and, and a lot of women as well. Okay, yeah, kids are fine. Kids and babies are cool. Uh-huh. But I think because the, the studio is glass, uh-huh. and so he sees people approaching, see, yeah. he thinks his mummy's in danger, and so he goes nuts. Yeah, as we just heard. But you know, good on scoops, yeah. holding down the fort, protecting. Yeah, he's getting better. He's a rescue, and he had a rough start to life, but he he is improving. And I wish you could all meet my dog scoops because he is adorable. Mm. Anyway. Oh, so cute! It's like his fur is like the inside of a sheepskin jacket. Like, yeah, it's so he's super soft and fluffy. He actually is um like almost unusually silky. Like his hair, his coat is particularly soft. So mm-hmm. super super fluffy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually have to brush it with a human hairbrush because dog hairbrushes um just aren't suitable. So <laughs> there you that, go. It's like it's like softer and fluffier than like any human hair I've ever touched. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Awesome. All right. <laughs> uh so we have some text messages coming in from you. Wait, we didn't even do our clue for the quiz. Yeah, let me points. do it. Four hundred points. <clears throat> Excuse me. What three word phrase did Paul use to describe believers who may suffer persecution, famine, and danger? but who are never separated from the love of Christ. Wow. What three-word phrase? Phrase. Uh, the the uh, point, is this a 400? Oh, yeah, 400-point question, so you get a bargain book for that. But mm. the three, it's a three-word phrase that Paul used to describe believers who may suffer persecution, famine, and danger, but are never separated from the love of Christ. All right, we have a few text messages coming in. This first one is in uh, regards to your story this morning, uh, Mon. Did you know that we also, in the future, will be fluorescent when we get to heaven, like Adam and Eve in Eden? Really? Yeah, sure. Like, you know, they were, like, it says that they're, they're like, they're, they're clothed uh, in the garments of life. That's right. Oh, so, oh, I never thought that could be like bioluminescence. Like I could be a firefly. But, I would be a happy fly. Of but life. is it like the glory of God or is it like bacteria that is shiny? I don't know. But have you heard that little poem about the glowworms? No. The glowworms never glum because how can you be grumpy when the sun shines? Yeah, um, <laughs> I also want to have a little hello to a couple of listeners. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, on, shout outs. Yeah, shout out to Aaron and Robin. In that, in Aaron's, uh, Aaron is a, a loyal listener from back in the day when I was doing radio full time uh-huh. with Lyle and he used to listen in his tractor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I get to, actually got to meet him this past Sabbath, him and his lovely wife Robin and their son. Mm. So hello to Aaron and Robin. Oh, awesome stuff. We have another uh, text message here. Elon Musk and Twitter. I personally never use Twitter. Good. Uh, don't use Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> Maybe it's going to get better, but it, oh, Twitter is... Simultaneously, I didn't really mention this. Like, Twitter is just a cesspit as well. Um, um, I personally never use Twitter, but I am all for free speech. In a world where free speech has basically been stopped, 
It will be great to have a place to read the other side of the story, contrary to New World Order, New World Order propaganda. Free speech is not free. So Yeah, I also don't think that, just, I mean, just because Twitter allows people to, you know, post whatever they want to post doesn't necessarily mean that free speech is been like reinstated or or been helped because a lot of the times like people like they you know you can go back in their history and bring up tweets from back in the day and hold them against them and then you could like you see it happen a lot with um public figures whose careers get ruined because of something mm. they tweeted 10 years ago yeah that's right is that still freedom of speech though yeah that's right it's um yeah, t- Twitter is also a space where, yeah, people just get bullied and lose their jobs. Like, right. it's almost a, more of a risk to have Twitter than to mm-hmm. not have Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's almost no net benefit unless you, it is absolutely necessary. Or unless, like, th- there are some funny things that take place on Twitter. In fact, I was looking at something on Twitter a couple of weeks ago here in the studio after one of the shows that was making me laugh so hard that I was crying and I couldn't <laughs> stop. Like, I literally couldn't breathe. Um, and But it was actually, like, what I was laughing about is people just telling abject lies on Twitter. That was funny to me. And, and, and so, like, yeah, it's... Uh, it's 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 a bit here nor there. But at the same time, ultimately, like, if, again, if Elon Musk wants Twitter to be the bastion of free speech and he gives everyone that opportunity, like, and this really... They really turn a corner here, um, then it could be good at the do same you, time. Do you actually tweet from no. your Twitter account? Yeah. No. no. Yeah, I have a Twitter account and I never tweet. I never look at it either because, quite frankly, the highlights of Twitter end up on Instagram anyway. So I just, That's right. I don't That's to. right. The best things that happen on Twitter end up on Instagram. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Day NZ style must have been amazing to be there and see it. Is it on YouTube? And I believe it was recorded. There was people there. Um, there was another local radio station covering it, so potentially it was recorded. But also, uh, because I was explaining to someone yesterday, like, what the huck it is, I was explaining to, to one of my co-workers, she's from Japan. Japan, uh, I was telling her what what the huck is, and she was like, huh? And then I just showed her a video online. Yeah, much, and, much easier to show someone. And then she was thoroughly intimidated and scared um, <laughs> upon seeing that. And actually, the video we watched is, like, super viral of, like, a bunch of, like, school kids, like, a bunch of school oh. boys, like, doing the hucker for their teacher who's uh, retiring. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, it's it. Hence, like the camera's shaking, the ground's shaking, like these boys are going. <laughs> the globe is shaking. <laughs> literally, they're causing an earthquake underfoot. Like, it was intense. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's why there's so many earthquakes in New Zealand because they're all doing the haka. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Monica. Conspiracy Monica, <laughs> We're asking the questions here on the show. Like, wow. Oh, um, still. Oh, yeah. Here's another one. Still giggling, giggling around the house at the word picture of a mini Lyle giving me a pocket <laughs> sandwich. I'm telling you, it's gold. <laughs> um, look, I don't agree. I'm, Honey, I'm I shrunk the Lyle. I, I'm. Like, oh, I'm <laughs> I'm a little bit more creeped out. Um, but, yeah, fair enough. Uh, another tweet here about Asian aid uh, and Karen's amazing legacy. Most people who work in companies, is just it's just a job to make a living, to survive even if they like or enjoy their jobs. Ministry is something that, especially in this case, Karen has given 35 years of her life for the benefit of children who mm. otherwise would have had a very difficult life. Mm. We wish her the continued blessings from the uh, from the God who directed her life and a big thank you from those of us who could not do the same. Amen. Thank you so much for sending that in. Yeah. And that, that is such a good point. It's like, ultimately, you know, she plugged a gap. Mm. Um, she saw, she saw a need, she plugged the gap um, and she did it in God's way yeah. um, and has blessed so many, 
so many kids. Uh, you know, and uh, there's a classic quote, uh, and it's the the title of this quote is Christ's method alone. Um, and ultimately, like one of the one of the biggest um, the ideas in Christ's method alone is that meeting the needs of the people, their hearts are opened, um, the the faculties are softened, um, and they're ready to hear the message of God. Um, if we are just genuinely invested in people, um, and 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 by the way, that's called love. Being invested in someone is called love. Uh, when you when you go out of your way for that person, um, we have the opportunity to share Jesus with them, and that is exactly what Asian Aid is in 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 intending to do. Do you want to hear a cool fact? Yeah, for sure. So apparently, people who um, take careers in more altruistic um, um, avenues of work uh-huh. have better sleep. So this lady who's done thirty five years of service has probably had thirty five years wow, of free sweet sleep. She's probably like looking young and healthy. Yeah, yeah. She's killing it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, right now it is time to get into our Bible study. So, uh, Mon, if you can grab a Bible and we will open up. We're gonna be spending our time today in Genesis chapter nine. Now, pop quiz, Monica. Mm. Do you know what happens in Genesis chapter nine? Uh, so in Genesis chapter nine, what happens is stuff with Noah, yeah, and his sons. Is that right? Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. So this is like post flood, oh. um, and at this point, essentially, uh, we've been covering the story. We've had about two hundred, uh, sorry, two thousand years of Earth's history go by um, from the sin of Adam and Eve uh, until Noah. Uh, there's been, you know, a number of patriarchs and a number of, of families and a number of people who have come along, a number of groups of people. Uh, but then as we covered last week, the world gets to a point where it is so wicked and so evil um, that they are essentially destroying themselves. And so as a result, um, God brings judgment to the world. Uh, he gives a, he brings an opt-in solution um, to ultimately finding uh, how to enabling the world to continue. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So he does this in the form of a flood. And Noah builds a boat. He gives, you know, uh, over a period of about 100 years, 120 years, something like this. Builds a boat, um, and then accompanying his building of the boat, he would be communicating to the world around him, I'm building this boat because there is a flood that is coming. Uh, We talked about Methuselah, whose name means when he dies... It will come. Oh. Um, and it was actually on the year of the flood uh, mm-hmm. was when the same year in which Methuselah yeah, died. wow. So um, Noah, he's building this ark. Uh, he's around 600 years old. He has family. Um, him and his family get onto the ark. All of the animals get onto the ark miraculously. You know, he's not doing any sheep herding or whatever it may be. They all come onto the ark. And the whole world at that point, which uh, the whole world is established in a pretty narrow area of land, um, have opportunity to get onto the ark. 100%. In fact, a week, a week of opportunity. Noah's sitting on the ark. The animals are sitting on the ark. The door is opened. But ultimately, they don't get on. The flood comes and they're wiped out. Uh, oh, wow. it, is, it is a terrible end and a terrible fate to these people. But at the same time, it is a response. It is the consequences of their choice. Yesterday when <clears throat> producer Shell and I were uh, wallpapering the wall in the op shop, we we took apart the book of um, the story about the, the flood. Yeah, and I was really, I really liked the way they titled it for kids. They called the flood um the flood story, 
God washed the world. Mm. And I was like, that's such a, it's a nicer way to think about it because you know, it is a pretty horrific event, but the world was so decrepit and dirty mm. and, and disgusting. God really did need to wash the world. Yeah, and, and the flood is really brought up in the conversation often amongst, you know, Bible critics or skeptics, you know, of why would a God be so evil? But we, we have to understand, like, um, God gave choice. Mm. You know, this was a thing that was communicated to the people. This is what's going to take place as a result of wickedness that would lead to the destruction of the world. The, the Bible says that the thoughts of men were only evil continually um, at a time in which the earth is uh, relatively early in its foundations. Um, people are building cities and whatnot. But ultimately, God is foreseeing the potential that the human race wipes themselves out. Do you reckon the ark was mostly empty? Because he would have made a lot of space to for every single human to be able to get on board and nobody got on board apart from eight people. Do you reckon it would have been quite breezy in there? So this is the thought actually, and this is something we talked about last week is the actual measurements of the ark because it says it gives measurements in cubits. And now in your Bible, it translates those cubits into feet and inches. Uh, but it translated, translates and makes that translation from the Canaanite cubit. But we were discussing about how there's different cubits. Uh, there's the Canaanite cubit, there's the Egyptian cubit, and the antediluvian cubit. And the, the Canaanite cubit, which the ark in uh, the United States is built, the, you know, the Ken the replica. Ham replica ark, is built on the Canaanite cubit. So it's the smallest possible ark, according mm-hmm. to the dimensions, um, which they build it to demonstrate that easily everything could have fit on the ark as well as Noah and his family. But if it was based on a non-Canaanite cubit, uh, on a an Egyptian or an antediluvian cubit, I think that we came to the, the... It was a boat that was like around 450 metres long or something <gasps> like that, which had ample space to not only fit all the animals, but lots of people. Yeah. In fact, like hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Uh, now, again, this is speculation because we don't know exactly which cubit it was. Um, but still, even on the smallest version, you could have fit more people uh, because we know that eight people got on the ark. Noah, mm-hmm. his three sons. His, Noah, Noah's wife, his three sons, and their wives. But if God made provision for everyone to go on board, that must have been a pretty empty ark. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, But then at the same time, you know, if God foreknew that people wouldn't make that decision, then he would make it small or big. So, True. So, but we don't know. Yeah. This is the ultimate thing is that we don't know, but we what we do know, everyone had the choice. Mm-hmm. No one made it. Yeah. Um, it, which ultimately just ref- reflects the state of wickedness at that point. And this is something we went over yet, uh, last week of, well, why wouldn't they just get on the ark? Like, um, like uh uh, you know, were they convinced enough to get on the ark? Because that's the next question. Like, oh, is God just saying get on the ark? They're like, well, how, do, how am I supposed to know I'm supposed to get on the ark? And they missed it, you know? But no, God is a fair judge. Like, they had ample opportunities. They saw the miracles. They saw the signs of the times. Um, and they ultimately did not respond. Um, and as a result, they passed away. Uh, this is tragic. This is sad. But this is, as you said, God cleans the earth. This was what was needed Um not only for humanity to just continue, but also for the for the plan of salvation to come to fruition. So this is kind of where we're left off, like where we come to. Um, the water has receded, the ark has landed, and from this point forward, there is this new rebuild that takes place um, because Noah is essentially the new Adam. Do you want to read for us chapter 9? Uh, and maybe verse one, two, three. Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, all the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground and all the fish in the sea will look on you with fear and terror. 
I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for food, just as I have given you grain and vegetables. Mm. Okay, so this is very, very creation esque, right?、Mm-hmm. Like we're we're seeing a situation here. We these are very similar words. Who were they originally spoken to, Ron? Uh, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve,、yeah. right? Be fruitful and multiply.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in Adam and Eve's context,、um, why do they need to be fruitful and multiply? So there could be more humans. That's right to populate <laughs> the world. Okay,、mm-hmm. and now most of the humans on the world、okay. ha- in the world have died.、Mm-hmm. So, what needs to take place?、Uh, needs to be fruitful, multiply, <laughs> repopulate. That's right.、Um, I loved how Lyle said this when we use the、uh, law of like. Exponential increase, and we think of people at this time. Noah, six hundred years old,、um, and his sons had similarly long lifespans.、Um, after this point, God would start to reduce lifespans. But ultimately, people look at that situation. They're like, "Oh man, how is it even possible that they could have enough kids to have enough generations to continue、mm. on?" Like it's often、uh, skeptical in that sense. But if we、uh, adhere to the life,、uh, the lifetimes in which the Bible says here. Um, if they live for eight hundred, nine hundred years old, and they had、you、a kid several, every year, yeah, several hundred for, kids. But then, if those kids have several hundred kids, and、mm-hmm. those like ultimately,、um, you can populate the world very quickly. And I believe Lyle said within a hundred years,、um, going again on the the law of exponential increase. I believe it was one hundred years. You could have around seven hundred and twenty-two million people, or maybe it was a thousand years. But yeah,、wow. nonetheless. A very large population. Yeah, a yeah. very very large population. We know that they probably wouldn't have had that at this time. Um, because we know that the size of the world around the time of Jesus was probably two hundred and fifty to three hundred million people,、uh, which we have a little bit more data and understanding of than at this time, definitely.、Uh, but essentially, they repopulate the earth, get it done.、Uh, but in these verses, are there are there like some different stipulations that we see in in their experience versus Adam and Eve's? Yeah. So before Adam and Eve were given the ground to till and、uh, and the fruits and the vegetables to eat. Um, but this time he's added to the diet,、um, yeah, meat, the animals.、Mm-hmm. He says, but he does. He does have a stipulation. He says, but you must never eat any meat that still has the lifeblood in it. Yes, yeah.、Mm. So he he gives them animals to eat,、um, and he says here, but also food as well.、Um, but I think particularly in verse two, right, like this description of what now his interaction. With the world will be like we see that Adam and Eve are created.、Mm. Uh, they're told to be fruitful and multiplied.、Um, they're told that they have dominion over the earth. And then, how does God describe that? He uses a phrase. Yeah, he says that the animals、um, they'll look they will look on you with fear and terror. Yeah. yeah, this is very different. Like in Noah's case to Adam and Eve's case, because what did what did God say to Adam and Eve? Like, you know. It, describing the creation account, it's like you'll have dominion and you'll be fruitful and multiply, and you, you know, name all the animals and name all the animals, and you know the sixth day came to an end, and it was very good.、Mm. It was very good. Their experience as human beings is underlined, underscored with this thought of very good, like oh wow, and because ultimately they live in a world without sin,、uh, they live in a world where they're standing face to face with God, being con- continually and consistently blessed by Him. Um, and they're happy. Whereas by this point, it's like, oh, everything will like you will dominate the world just the same as before,、um, but from a perspective of fear, of struggle.、Um, yeah, it's going to be a very heavy and different situation. So interesting stuff.、Um, now it continues on.、Uh, God continues to to speak to Noah. Um, and then, oh, this is really cool. This is really really cool.、Um, let's start reading in verse 
Actually, can you you want to read from verse five maybe to cover to verse seven? And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And if anyone who murders a fellow human must die, oh, sorry, anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in His own image. Oh. Interesting here. So God lays down some consequences. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Well, uh, now it is time for the 500 point clue for the quiz. Yes. Okay. So who prayed, God bless me and give me a lot of land. Be with me so I will be safe from harm. And God did just what he had asked. That is the quiz clue. Um, the question and the prize for that is loading. It's a book. Um, I think, oh, exploring the Trinity, one God or three. Ooh, uh, this is written by our very own pastor, Doug Batchelor. I don't know. I said very own. It's not like any of us own him. <laughs> <laughs> but we like him. We so. love, we love a little bit of Batch. Um, so yeah, pastor Doug Batchelor, um, takes you on a fascinating faith-building exploration of the greatest and deepest of mysteries, the triune nature of our creator God. Mm-hmm. Very interesting and really great uh, for people who are wondering about um, anti-Trinitarianism um, and uh, whether or not that's uh, foolishness, whether or not that's uh, yeah. Yeah, Basically true. the idea of if, is, is, is there a trinity or not? You know, is the Father, Son, and Holy yeah. Spirit, does that phrase represent a a threefold one mm-hmm. person God or, yeah. you know, does it, what is, what's going on there? So this so. is a great book for that. So uh, the question is who prayed God bless me and give me a lot of land. Be with me. So I will be safe from harm. And God did just what he had asked. Awesome. 0491 is the number to call if you know the answer. We also want to remind you guys, if you guys have questions of the day, Ooh, yes. burning Bible questions mm. in your heart that you wonder about, you give us a call, 0491 You can call or text that number with one of your burning questions, and we will answer it on air. I don't care what that question is. If it has to do with the Bible or spirituality oh. or anything, I will answer it. Dangerous, Or Lyle Dang- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or but, Lyle will. But I will. I will. Love it, love it. I will, I will attempt Make to. Make promises and get Lyle to fulfill them. I that's see how right. Yeah, that's, that's how we're doing it. <laughs> now, okay, so back into what we just read. Actually, let's pick it up again. Let's read from verse 5 to verse 7. We read some very heavy, heavy uh, literature here. Um, and, let's pick it back up. And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. Okay. So this is this is pretty heavy stuff here. Um what is what is God doing here? Like in- He's like laying down the law. I think he's like saying don't do what you're were doing before. Okay. Okay, so uh, he he lays down uh, the law here. He he gives some insight and some thought into what the consequences should be for specifically murder. Um, I want to ask the question though, and I, I'd love to to get your thoughts on this, Mon. Do you think up until this point, murder was legal and okay? I don't know if it was legal and okay, but I feel like it must have been very much prevalent. 
Because mm-hmm. you don't like if you like if I'm trying to correct my dog and he's barking, I don't say like stop sniffing. I say stop barking because mm. the problem is that he's barking. <laughs> so if God says stop killing each other, I'm pretty uh-huh. sure it's because they were killing each other. Okay, so right. as a as a response to some kind of issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but my next question is, okay, then, so if God is seeing that killing is prevalent and He wants to stop that mm. um, by giving some consequences here, do you think up until this point, killing was not a sin? No, of course not. It was always a sin. Okay. How do we know? Because God says so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think... Because the Ten Commandments have always been in place. Okay. Yeah. But how do we know that? This is, know, this, is the, this is the question. This is the thought that I'm having. This is the question that I'm getting to. I, I would have... Wouldn't God have just told them that in the Garden of Eden and then they had to write down when it came to the children of Israel because they had forgotten. Yeah. Well, this is... Their this brains is my- were so, like unable to remember at that point. This is my my thought. Mm-hmm. Is this a condemning of killing as a sin, or which I, I believe it is, or is the point of what God is saying here, is he laying out civil consequences for sin that had never been in place before? Oh, that's a good question. Because, so, Adam, uh, Adam and Eve, they commit the first sin, right? Mm. They eat the fruit, and then they lie to God, uh, they try to get out of it, but ultimately, you know, they are banished from the garden and they're left to, to walk on the world uh, from that point. Um, their neck, their offspring comes from them. And what is the sin of Cain? Uh, and he murders his brother. He murders his brother. Okay. And is God very clear to Cain that what he did was wrong? Yeah. He gets like a mark and he gets sent out. And yeah, that's right. So, so obviously exiled. at that point, there were consequences for his right. action. So therefore he would have had to know. That murder was wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and so so obviously because that was like one of the the, the catalysts to you know Cain's whole line uh, to to the flood basically is that you had this division between a line of people following God and a line of people rebelling from God, and that line of people rebelling from God rebelling um, was Cain's line. Okay, um, but all of that started with this interaction of Cain and Abel in a murder, and if Cain was punished for that then it would have had to be communicated to him that murder was wrong. He would have had it to already have known that. Mm. Okay. Um, but then we come to the time of Noah here. Okay. Obviously in the past, murder has been prevalent. We know this because like the Bible says that the thoughts and the actions of men are only evil continually. We see a story where there's a guy practicing polygamy and he like kills a guy, you know, he kills a kid in a, in a town square or something for like, you know, Speaking against him. So, so like, murder is prevalent. That is correct. But they've come off the ark. Do any nations, groups, or anything else exist at this point? No, it's just the eight of them. It's just the eight of them. That's right. Do these people know that murder is wrong? Yeah. Yes. Okay. But this is the point of, of what I think is taking place here. Is God sharing to them that murder is wrong? Or is God giving them civil consequences for murder. And I believe that it's the latter because obviously by this point, if they just look at their history, if they look at the situation that they're in, and if they look at the flood of world where the waters have just receded, they can come to a conclusion pretty quickly. Murder is wrong. I don't know, dude, like the antediluvians were like the most advanced civilization we've ever had. You'd think they'd have a pretty advanced judicial system, judicial system system sorry but at the same time they were so evil and far gone maybe they had completely broken down and no one was like following the laws anymore that's right a lot of lawlessness yeah that's right it was like the wild wild west 
times infinity. Yeah. And I guess the question there is like, because we believe that the antediluvians had a capacity and IQ that far exceeds ours, but does IQ equal no, moral correctness? Not at all. And so obviously there was such injustice in the world taking place um, and such I, I guess, um, yes. Yeah, maybe life was so well. cheap that I just like murdered the left, right, and center. So maybe God put this. Yeah, maybe yeah. you're right. He puts it like, all right, if you're going to kill someone, you're yep. going to get killed. And now we see, and this this gives us, I think this is really important because we see from this point, um, not just from this point, but previous to this and going forth from this as well, the law of God is always enacted. Okay. Um, the Ten Commandments are not a, a Mount Sinai Jewish invention, mm-hmm. um, that came at the time of the Exodus. But no, right here, there, God is putting in place a civil consequence for sin. He's not saying murder is wrong, don't do it. Adam and Eve knew that. Cain and Abel knew that. All the antediluvians knew that. But he said, but it, wickedness had reached such a height in the world that he needs to, uh, instigate here. He needs to put this law in place whilst they are standing on, on the breadth, on the uh, looking forward to the new world. They're told, be fruitful, multiply, you know, eat food, do all these things. Oh, and also, this is the penalty for murdering people. Mm. God has got a justice. That's right. He's yeah. laying out a system of justice here um, that is... To protect us. To protect us mm-hmm. and to protect these people. It's a really powerful thing taking place here. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different actually going to have question of the day pretty soon but right now we're going to get through the answers for the quiz a dove was a kind of bird that brought an olive branch back to Noah on the ark it was pharisees that uh jesus described as a brood of vipers it was um that he was afraid or and <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> goodness me and or naked that uh, adam gave us his excuse for hiding when he heard god's voice and it, more than conquerors was a three-word phrase that Paul used to describe sufferers um, who may suffer perse- believers who may suffer persecution. And it was Jabez who prayed, "Please bless me and give me a lot of land." And God answered him. Awesome stuff! But right now it is time for question of the day. Every single time. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. missed the jingle. All right, what's our question of the day? Would the flood still have happened if everyone decided to hop on board? Thanks, Braden, for asking that curly question. I love a good hypothetical. Um, yes. <laughs> and we're done for that. Hey, yep, uh, no, let's move on. Okay, um, Can you prove I'm, I'm, it, Lawson? I'm going to say yes. You reckon uh, the flood would have happened, like if everyone got on board? I'm going to say because yes. Because Nineveh didn't get destroyed when Jonah was like, y'all got to repent or die, and they repented and they didn't die. Yeah, that's right. But but the flood would have still happened. The flood didn't need to kill anyone, but it would have still happened. Why? So so the, in the question, he says, if everyone would have repented, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, if everyone would have repented and come back to God, would have the flood still happened? I believe Yes. Because I believe it was the conditions on the earth at that time that was leading to the need for a flood. Let's read about it in uh, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1. The Bible says, Now it came to pass when men became to, began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves and of all whom they chose. And as a result of this, the Bible says, The Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he indeed, for he is indeed flesh, yet the days shall be 120 years. Now it goes on to say that there were giants in the world at that time, um, and that the thought in the heart of every man by this point was evil continually. 
Um, and because of this, God was sorry that he made man and said, I need to destroy man from the face of the earth. I need to have a flood. Now, we see here this division. The sons of God, the daughters of men. Um, and so we can say, okay, if there's daughters of men, then there are people who are called men. And there are people who are called sons of God. Uh, now, we explained this on the show last week, essentially how these are not fallen angels having sex with women. Like, that's that's not what's taking place here. Basically, there's been a split. Two groups of people. The just They're called men. And those men are in deep rebellion to God. Okay? Um, and then there's uh, sons of God. Um, who are following God. Now, not only was there a division in the sense of these people's thoughts and ideas and relationship with God, but also a geographical difference. They lived in two separate areas. Well, basically, the, they were just separated geographically. Um, one group lived up in the hills, that was the sons of God, and the the men, uh, or you could, let's call them the sons of men, maybe, um, they lived down in the valleys. They had different geographical locations, um, where in those different geographical locations, in one area, uh, you had an environment conducive to following God and worshiping God. In the other side, you had an environment conducive to blaspheming and rebelling against God. And the Bible stipulates that specifically they were the cities that were built by this, these men. I believe that the flood would have taken place even if everyone repented um, and said, we're going to follow God again, because God ultimately wants to destroy these places in which are conducive to not following him. Because we could say, okay, if these cities create an environment in which people don't follow him, um, so what were they doing instead of following him? Worshipping idols. Worshipping idols, sacrificing children. Like, you can just plug any single sin that we see after the flood into that, and you put that in there, where in a place where the thoughts of men are only evil continually, you can plug any future sin in there, and they've created an environment and a hub to be able to do this. God would flood the world anyway. Again, this is hypothetical, but I believe truly that God would flood the world anyway because he would wants to ultimately get rid of the division between the sons of God and the sons of men, put them all on the same playing field, all in the same spot, all in the same area, and they could work together to follow God. But even though he, his intention would to do this, we see after the flood that they rebel anyway. And that's what we're going to be covering in our, in our lesson. So I believe the flood would have taken place even if everyone repented. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the song title. Why me? Amen. Uh, why me? Why does God love me so much? Because he is amazing. I have a couple quick text messages to get through here. Um, this one comes from Sky. She says, our conscience is spoken to by the Holy Spirit. I believe that was a response to in our uh, Bible study. We're talking about the law of God, oh, yeah. the, the stipulations that are now given, the, the civil penalties and consequences of the law. And I think that's so true. There was nothing that would enable them to keep the law of God, to you know stop murdering people other than God speaking to them. Mm. truly like holy and solely uh, but if they are going to reject the holy spirit well then there needs to be some consequence for their action uh, you can't just kill people and get away with it that's what god is communicating and also here you do realize that there was a no egyptian or samaritan cubit um in the time of noah as they weren't uh they weren't even existed then so the biblical cubit is from the tip of the index finger to the end of the elbow um and the antediluvian people would have been twice the size of man that is a fantastic point simultaneously 
the book of Genesis was written by Moses, who would have had access to the Egyptian cubit by that time. So it's still up for debate. But I would love to lean in favor of the antediluvian cubit making the boat almost as big as any boat we've ever built before. I just want it to be as big as possible, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) I want a big boat. That's right. But I think what is powerful about what we see um, in the US with the ark built there is that even if it's the smallest it could possibly be, it can still fit all the animals. But right now, remember to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.